You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Run a marathon, drink a beer? Sure, why not? Okay, maybe you ought to hydrate first with water, some fruit, or even your favorite sports drink. Then maybe go home and take a shower and then join your friends for a beer. And guess what? Of course, there's a post-race party and it's at a favorite Charlotte brewery that also happens to sponsor the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, No Da Brewing. Also one of Charlotte's first breweries and still one of the biggest. We've invited Susie Ford, Noda's co-founder and co-owner with her husband, Todd, to join us today on Running Around Charlotte to inspire and motivate us with her story and the story about how Noda Brewing came to be. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Your story is a great one. In a city full of bankers and very busy airline hub, I bet a lot of people dream about what you do. A banker and your husband, a pilot, did. Tell us the story of No Doubt Brewing and how it was born. Gosh, so we celebrated eight years yesterday. I don't know when this wow. will air, but um, October 29th, 2011, our lives were forever changed. Um, like you said, I was a banker. My husband was an airline pilot. Um, we were a blended family, and he was gone half the time. So I kind of joked always that we were a part-time marriage. And fast forward um, eight years into our marriage, my bank was bought out, his airline was bought out, and we were kind of at a crossroads. He had a job but was very junior um, after 19 years because aviation is 100% seniority-based. So instead of being able to hold Charlotte and being home for the weekends, he was in Brussels, which sounds great, and it was great because I'd visit him a couple times. But not when you're gone for, you know, a week or two out of the month. And then he started going to Nigeria where um, it was basically they'd escort him to the hotel and he'd be at a compound. So we kind of just started looking at what we could do. He'd been a home brewer since the early 90s. We'd had house parties and um, he started perfecting his recipes. Hop, drop and roll was um, one of his early home brews because he couldn't get a good West Coast style IPA out here and just brewed it. So it was kind of cool. Um, when you're giving people free beer, um, of course, they're going to tell you it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> so we got that all of the course. time. <laughs> Start a brewery, have another party, tell us. Um, so we started really looking at it and going, Old Mecklenburg, you know, is here and they're doing loggers. Um, you had um, a couple chains and then another small brewery that since has, um, isn't with us anymore. We're like, why don't we actually look at doing this? Um, so before you know it, we had um, picked our location, um, had ordered equipment, um, and we're withdrawing all of our 401k funds to fund into our business. Thankfully, we found a little known provision in the 401k code that you could self-direct into your own business without having to pay penalties. But still, it was pretty scary at our age. And, you know, what if they kind of like going to school? What if they don't like us? You know, what if what if we stumble? What if we fall? Um, and we opened our doors, and it has been amazing ever since. Um, we probably had a 1,000 people um, eight years ago come through our door during the first weekend. Um, 
didn't plan it. Um, thankfully, we had enough beer. Um, <laughs> but just Don't looking run out of beer. <laughs> no, that would be bad. But looking back today, back to then, we opened with three styles. Um, now, gosh, I think there's like 50 breweries in the Charlotte metro area, and they open with you know 20 beers, tons of beers. So I look back at our a little three beers back then, and everyone coming through our doors, and um, just all the fun we've been having. How many? How, just out of curiosity, how many how many styles are on the menu today? <laughs> right now at the um, North Tryon Tap Room, we probably have thirty two. Thirty two. And then that don't duplicate. And then at the OG, the original location, we probably have another. 10 that aren't replicated at wow. either location. So I kind of say we have beer ADD. Um, <laughs> we brew every style under the sun because we like to brew what we like to drink and all our employees what they want. Um, and everyone has different type tastes, different favorite beers, different everything. So do your employees ever come up with a formula and say, hey, I've got this recipe. If we just add some of this or take away some of this, we can come up with something new? We do. We do. We like to get creative. We like to get our employees involved. Um, so either in the idea part of what do you want to drink, what style, what should we add, what should we do, or in the name or in the label, um, kind of an, um, involve them in every process along the way. I think the uh, the naming of these beers, Jeff, has become kind of a, a creative competition, not just internally, but probably in the, the world of being a brewer and trying to one-up the competition. Oh, it course. is tough. Um, you'd be shocked at um, some of the good names and some of the bad names that are actually taken and <laughs> trademarked, because we try and trademark all of our names um, just in case. Um, we definitely trademark all of our names that are year-round, but you never know what beer is going to go popular and you are going to want to um, hold on to that name. So it, it is tough. So you've got a full-time legal team working on stuff for you too. <laughs> Thankfully, our, um, they like beer. <laughs> That's good. It's always a good thing to trade out, right? Yeah. Right. Can't trust people if they don't like beer. <laughs> uh, seriously, dogs and beer, right? Dogs and beer. <laughs> So what was the hardest part of getting, about getting started? I mean, I started my own business and, you know, I, I too went through the same things, you know, are they going to like me? What if, what if I stumble? What if something goes wrong? And, um, you know, you always got the two percenters that complain about everything, right? But what about the other 98%? Uh, what was the hardest part about getting started? Gosh, um, so kind of before we started, um, we came up with this idea in 2010 and the crash of 2008 and nine was in all the bankers' minds. So um, actually, once we had the idea and figuring out how are we going to pay for it, because we didn't have you know, a million dollars just sitting in our savings account, um, we had to figure out what we were going to do. We found a, a bank that could give us a loan for just enough to make the deposit, but then we had to figure out what we were going to do before. So that was really tough. Um, and then our next biggest hurdle was a little flash forward. Um, we left room to expand, which was great. Um, we were stuffing tanks in the back, um, installing them left and right um, the first year and a half. And then we entered hop, drop, and roll into the Great America, excuse me, the World Beer Cup. And um, we won in the American IPA category. We were already not being able to keep up, and we're having to tell people, I'm so sorry. I wish we could sell you beer. We just don't have it. And that was, we'd start um, brewing at four in the morning, finish at 10 at night, have every single tank full of beer. 
but telling people no. And, you know, obviously we're not a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. so I would like at some point to make a profit um, and sell people beer. So having to tell them no was hard. And having the few people that didn't truly understand that we were saying no because we didn't have the product, not no because we didn't want to sell it to you. Yeah. Um, they, they, a lot of people took it personally. And we have a few people that still to this day uh, have not forgiven us for that, wow. which is weird. Um, so that, um, that propelled us to a whole other level, um, and we started looking for a new facility and um, quadrupled everything, our tank space, our building, um, you name it. Yeah. Well, if any of those people are listening, we'll just say it's time to get over it. Go down to Noda, grab yourself a beer. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, please call me. Exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> they probably have it now. Yep. <laughs> Your beer is ready. <laughs> exactly. So you were talking about um, like how you got started. Where are we now? What's going on now? Like, are you still expanding? What's What's going on at Noda? Yeah. Um, gosh, how long do you have? Um, so <laughs> we recently got some laws changed um, in the state, and we increased the self-distribution cap from 25,000 barrels to 100,000 barrels. Um, it's a combo 50-50. So up until um, the end of May, we really were not allowed. We couldn't expand. Um, because we took a chance of going over that limit, and when we hit that limit, we had to turn over all of our product, all of our distribution business, all of our sales to a third party. All the way back to the first barrel. All right? the way back to the first you barrel, which self distribute the first twenty five. Correct, correct. So everything that we'd built, you know, all of our blood, sweat, and tears, we would have had to turn over. It was kind of like you know, everyone thinks their child's going to be the next president, so it's like having a second grader that you know is going to be the next president sending them off to boarding school for someone else to raise, and you just get credit or, or the name on the door. Yeah. Um, so we changed that law um, along with Old Mecklenburg Brewery in um, the end of May, and we now can expand. Uh, we announced last week that we're moving into Greenville, South Carolina. Um, we will be moving into Charleston, South Carolina in the spring, and a few... Um, larger territories in North Carolina, hopefully in the spring as well. So the folks in the triad and the triangle um, won't have to drive down here to get our beer anymore. Keep your ears peeled, right? Yep. Your eyes yep. peeled. Yep. Now, so just out of curiosity, the, the, the barrels that you brew in South Carolina, do they count toward... The North Carolina 100,000? No, that's the great thing. It is truly a North Carolina law. So anything you sell out of another state does not go against it. That's awesome. Yeah, which is wonderful. And so it's where it's sold, not where it's brewed. Correct, correct. Because previously it was completely, even though it was called a self-distribution cap, it was a production cap. So it was everything we brewed, everything we sold in North Carolina through a distributor, everything we sold in our tap room, everything we sold... Um, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And I, I, you know, I always, like, I, I, I think sometimes there's just so much bureaucracy and people that are just after someone else's money. And I, I, I applaud you for, um, having the fortitude to, to go to the state and say, we're going to change this law. And if we have to file a lawsuit, we will. And I, which you did, right? Right. We sued the state, um, <laughs> Two and a half years ago for the constitutionality of this law, 
Um, it was crazy. It still sounds crazy when I say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. um, I sued the state of North Carolina yeah, and won. Yeah. The rest so, of us just break the law. You're like, what if we just changed it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're rule followers. So, you know, yeah, you don't really want to break the law, especially when it comes to alcohol. It could be, right. mm-hmm. um, be bad. Yeah. It, and it was wonderful to find once we really started talking to our distributor partners or at the point at the time, our opposition and discuss truly what we wanted and why were we at odds and we found that we really weren't that far apart, um, came together and instead of bringing um, the people in Raleigh, the politicians, the senators, the representatives, a problem, we brought them a solution. We brought them bipartisan agreement and said, here's here's what we want. Um, We're not fighting anymore. We are all in agreement. And we have these senators that are have a D before them. We have these senators that have an R before their name. These representatives, we had everyone on both sides of the aisle behind us and just ready to sign and move forward. So it was really exciting to be a part of that instead of opposed in, in fighting all the time. Well, you heard it here first. All it took to get the Republicans and the Democrats together. Just some beer. beer. Just get some beer. Exactly. Conversation (laughs) over a good beer. No doubt tap room would be a good place to start. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Get you a flight. (laughs) (laughs) I welcome that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I think that's just such a great life lesson too, right? It's communication. It's totally, Hey, on the surface, it, it seems like there's some conflict here, but if we sat down and talked about it and what is it exactly you're after? What is it exactly that I'm after? We come to an agreement and I, I think, you know, nowadays there's just so much yelling. Yeah. And and it's it's it just it's discouraging. Yeah, it to is. Listen. It, it was truly wonderful because we saw each other, I think, more as people too, instead of um, just what we represented and we just opened our ears and listened um, and realized we're not far apart. So um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, one of your inventions, we'll call it. It's the uh, the brew pub run, uh, yeah. or what, what whatever the official name. You had someone come along and and start these. Uh, hey, let's go have a beer, and while we're there, or before we have one, we'll run a three mile run from the brewery <laughs> and everybody great marketing <laughs> idea because right. they come back thirsty I bet right they do so um, this started May of 2012 and I will never forget it so um, a gentleman that many people know Brian mister mm-hmm. um, worked for us at the time he was just finishing college and he had the, he was a runner and had this great idea he said um, in Raleigh and a few other places around the country um, breweries are starting a run club. How great would that be? There was one brewery in Raleigh he'd been to and he thought it was the greatest thing. And I'm like, Brian, runners, they don't drink and run. I, I don't think this is, you know, what is this idea? So, and he's like, that's what he's telling me. He goes, they do. And I'm like, okay. So I felt like I um, was very patronizing and patting him on the shelf and going, sure, Brian, you start your little run club. Um, and he started it and people came. And people came, and people came, and then we started doing benefit runs, um, and people came. Um, we had a huge turnout after the Boston Marathon um, bombing. Um, we we did a big fundraiser for that. Had a crazy, I don't know, maybe 500 people turnout. That was, what, 2013, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, 
just amazing. And they kept coming. And then run clubs started popping up here and popping up there. And um, they just kept getting better and bigger. We added a 5K, and I think we've done seven 5Ks now. Um, it, it's just wonderful. People love the um, community, and they love running and then having a beer. Um, blows my mind because I'm not a runner that people <laughs> run to the brewery, have a beer, run five miles, have a couple beers, and run home. Yeah, and it, it's wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the word out that I think is probably the most um, relevant. It's community. Yes, and that that's what running is. And running is very much a social um, exercise or event or whatever. But when when you run, you typically talk you know it's not like boxing or swimming or name another sport where you can have a social conversation during your workout and so uh, when you come back and you're tired and you want to talk about it people want to talk about their run whether it was a good run a bad run uh, they set a PR or whatever and you know, a nice cold beer is a great opportunity to have that conversation. It is. Continue it's, the conversation. Yeah, it's wonderful. We've had um, people that have met and gotten married and since had babies. Um, we've had people that have met and have become best friends. Um, we've had people that have come, have then worked for us. Um, personally, we've had people come that have become their, our best friends. So it's really neat to see what that brings mm-hmm. um, and how it brings everyone together Um all across the board. Um, and then we're very active with running works too. So it's nice to have them out and see them run and see, see a change. And that, that you, you brought something up too. That you, you benefit running works and you talked about some of the fundraiser runs. Tell us about your community involvement. That's important to you, isn't it? It is. Um, we did it before we started the brewery and then we didn't have any time and any money. So, um, once the community put its arms around us and helped us um, grow and become successful. At a certain point early on, we felt the need um, that we had to give back. Mm -hmm. We had to thank people for helping us. And um, we had to be a responsible citizen. Um, We're a community partner um, at a a business level, but we're also individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's so important um, to get different... um, organizations involved, showcase them, give money, give product, help them out in any way we can, volunteer our time, you name it. That's awesome. Um, in addition to Running Works, any other charitable groups, uh, nonprofits that you uh, are, are kind of at the top of your list? Yeah. Um, Isabel Santos Foundation yeah. um, is a big one. We, um, I'm on the board and we just had a ball this past um, weekend. Um, amazing organization for pediatric cancer. Um, we're very involved in Rural Hill, um, the historic farm mm-hmm. um, up there, and we do Pink Pint Night every year um, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month and help fund uninsured women um, to get mammograms. Mm-hmm. Um, prevention, obviously, is um, a big key. And then last, probably, uh, the other big organization is Safe Alliance. Um, we're very involved in that. So we try and hit... Um, just about everything, again, kind of like our beers. Um, Our employees all have different passions, interests, causes that mean something to them. And we're a business, but we're a family business. You know, I own it with my husband. Um, Two of our kids work for us. Our other two kids have worked for us at some point over the years. 
um, I probably mother our, our employees <laughs> a little too much maybe. Um, but, um, it, it's a family oriented atmosphere. So awesome. we want to, what means something to them means something to us as a business. Yeah. yeah. So you've got your family, you've got the brewery, you've got all of the partners that you work with, you've got us, you've got the other races you work with. What do you do for, do you like have time for fun? <laughs> what do you do for fun? I do. I have a three-year-old granddaughter and a three-month-old oh. granddaughter. Oh. So um, they, they, are, they are my fun. Um, so I have my three-year-old granddaughter every Thursday. Um, for most of the day. So I go in extra early the other days and stay a little bit late um, to get all my work done and um, just enjoy being with her on Thursdays. Um, She'd probably have a bigger life outside of business and personal and her, but I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're happy. Yeah, she's wonderful. Susie, thanks so much. This is, it's been awesome to sit down and talk with you and learn a little bit more about you. And we sure appreciate the partnership. You're welcome. We're excited to serve, uh, Noda beer exclusively at all our finish lines of our six-pack races and the no, uh, Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, and we're we're looking forward to having you out again uh, this year, and uh, it'll be a pleasure to see you and Todd cheering folks on Thank and you. hand them a nice cold beer when it's done. Thank you. We're very looking forward to it as well. All right. Thank you. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.